Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special, sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then, she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature, and MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. This will be my last episode of 2022 and we're ending this year with a Christmas Eve true crime case that is back in the news since it happened in 1975. There would be a quadruple homicide on Christmas Eve in Winter Garden, Florida. A young woman, her parents, and another individual would be found murdered in a local furniture store. The young woman's husband, Tommy Ziegler, would be arrested and charged with all four murders and be sentenced to death. However, as Tommy still sits behind bars today awaiting his execution date, many people believe that he is an innocent man and this may be his very last chance at freedom and a life. We're going to dig into the key players, the timeline, the crime scene, and the evidence, as well as where this case stands today in 2022. If you're looking to dive even further into this case, I highly recommend checking out the book Fatal Flaw by Philip Finch, which I used for some of my research in tonight's episode. I'll have the link in my show notes so you can check it out. All right, let's jump in. We're going to start at the very beginning of our story with Tommy Ziegler. 
William T. Tommy Ziegler Jr. came from a very wealthy and well-known family in Winter Garden, Florida. The Zieglers owned a family-operated furniture store in town, as well as several other apartment buildings and properties that they would rent out for additional income. As the only child, Tommy had worked in his parents' store ever since he was a teenager, helping customers to make different selections and picking up payments for orders. While his parents were considered to be very affluent and active members of their community, especially within the Republican social groups, Tommy was also believed to be a very polite, responsible, and hardworking young man. Tommy was also a very unique-looking individual. He was someone who stood out amongst the crowd, towering over most people at 6'1 in height, but only weighing around 155 pounds. But his most eye-catching, unique feature was the very thick-rimmed glasses that sat on his nose. He had terrible vision, and he really needed them to see. He was pretty much blind without them. He also always kept his hair in a brush cut, which was hardly popular amongst young men his age at the time. But to those who knew him, he was a solid, upstanding guy. On his 21st birthday, Tommy married his love, a young woman named Eunice, who was said to be one of the nicest people that you could ever meet. The pair met while Tommy was a football coach and Eunice was working as a teacher. They fell in love really quickly and they were married within a year of meeting. To all of their friends and family and everyone that they knew, they appeared to be a very lovely match. The young couple built their own reputation in the area. They routinely attended church and every important social engagement in town. They were friends with the mayor and other small-town politicians. They were the kind of people who had the police chief's personal home phone number in their address book. Even though the Ziegler family was believed to be worth over $1 million at the time, even more today, they lived mostly quiet and modest lives in an average home driving an average vehicle. They weren't flashy folks, just your typical average American family. While they didn't need the money, Eunice decided that she would continue to work outside of the home, which of course wasn't typical for women back then. While Tommy would spend his days working at the furniture store with both of his parents, Eunice would continue to teach at a nearby school. They didn't have any children of their own, despite desperately wanting them. Sadly, Eunice struggled with getting pregnant, and the couple had visited several different fertility specialists for help. But month after month came disappointment, so they decided to buy beautiful Persian cats instead. In total, they had six cats who were more like children to them. Life appeared like it was going really well for the Zigglers. However, life as Tommy knew it would completely change on Christmas Eve of 1975. On this day, Eunice spent most of the morning at their home with her mother and her father, who just so happened to be visiting for the holidays. Tommy was at the furniture store working with his own mother and father, as well as a store associate named Curtis Dunaway. They were all finishing up the last few orders before closing for Christmas. A longtime customer named Charlie Mays walked through the door that morning with his wife Maddie looking for new linoleum for their floor. 
Tommy would help them to pick out a pattern, and then he would show Charlie a used television set that was sitting in the back room. They had plans to be selling it on consignment. According to witnesses, including Charlie's wife Maddie and another employee who was in the store, Charlie wanted to buy it as a surprise Christmas present for his family and said that he would be back to pick it up around 7pm that night after the store had closed. Later that morning, a part-time employee by the name of Edward Williams stopped by the store and Tommy reminded him that he would need help later that evening with some last-minute deliveries. There were a few Christmas orders that needed to be delivered that night before the shop closed down for the holidays. Edward agreed to meet Tommy back at the furniture store at around 7.30pm that evening. There were big Christmas Eve plans to take place that night, despite the fact that there was a tornado warning for the area. Eunice and her parents planned to attend a Christmas service at the First Baptist Church at 7.30pm, while Tommy would be finishing his deliveries and then meeting up with Charlie Mays to exchange the TV. Before the church service, they had plans to stop into the shop to pick up a Lazy Boy recliner chair, which was going to be a Christmas present. Unfortunately, they would never make it to the church service. Later in the evening, Tommy and Eunice had plans to attend a party together. They were going to be carpooling with another couple. And they would never make it to the party. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so... I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factor's chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, 
Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle, and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code napper50 at factormeals.com slash napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Later that evening, sometime after 9 p.m., Tommy would make a few phone calls to his police friends, including Don Fike, the man that he was supposed to carpool to the party with. He told Don that he was at the furniture store and he was hurt. He had been shot and he needed them to come quickly. So they get in their cruisers, they radio dispatch, and the call gets logged at 9.21 p.m. When the police, who are also very close friends with Tommy, arrive on the scene at the furniture store, they find Tommy inside of the store trying to get out. He's fumbling with the locked door and he's covered in blood. When he finally gets the door unlocked, he stumbles out, telling them that he's been shot. He goes to the hospital with a gunshot wound to his stomach, but on the way, he says some really interesting things to Thompson, the officer who is driving him and just happens to be his friend. When Thompson asks who shot him, Tommy says that Charlie Mays did. When Thompson asks if he was trying to rob him, Tommy says that, yeah, he thinks so. Thompson asks if he shot Charlie too, and Tommy says yes. Then Tommy begins to ramble incoherently and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense what he's saying. It's clear that he is losing his grip on reality, probably because he's losing so much blood. At this point, Thompson decides the questions should probably wait. Now the officers on the scene, they believe that Charlie Mays is responsible for the gunshot wound and he's likely still somewhere in the furniture store. They enter the store completely unarmed and it's pitch black with all of the lights off. They begin shouting Charlie's name and asking him to come out with his hands up, but they never get a response. As they walk through the store, they find the body of a deceased white male with a gun lying near him. They check his pockets for any identification, but he has none. Inside the staff lounge, they would find the deceased body of a white female. She was young, she looked beautiful, and she was lying face up in a pool of blood. 
In the back room, they would find Charlie Mays. He too was deceased, and it looked as if he had been beaten. There were four guns located on the ground around him, two near his head and two near his feet. Another woman's body would be discovered later in the showroom amongst a pile of display furniture. All in all, there would be four victims found. Tommy's wife, Eunice Siegler, her parents, Virginia and Perry Edwards, and Charlie Mays. The two women had been shot while the two men had been beaten with something hard. Additionally, Tommy was at the hospital with a bullet wound to his abdomen. Now, according to Tommy, he had planned to meet up with Eunice and her parents at the store because they were going to be picking up that Lazy Boy recliner. He was out running deliveries around town, and then he returned back at the store around 7 p.m. When he walked in, all of the lights were off. Practically right away, he was hit in the head with something hard, and then he was pushed to the back of the storage room by a group of men who were there to apparently rob him. The group of men included Charlie Mays. Now, Tommy claimed that the robbers had killed his wife and in-laws, and Charlie Mays, well, he had been an unintended victim when the robbery went south as Tommy tried to fight back. Tommy would sustain the gunshot wound to the stomach during the attack. Even though the officers who investigated the scene were familiar with Tommy and several of them were close friends, there were some things about the crime scene that stood out to them right away and some things that didn't really align with Tommy's version of events. Some of the crime scene looked like it could have been staged in their opinion. For example, Eunice's body was found in an odd position. She had her coat on and her hand in her pocket. She almost looked as if she was sleeping. All of this suggested that the killer wasn't a stranger. Eunice also happened to have a $500,000 life insurance policy for which Tommy was the beneficiary. Investigators believed that maybe it was a plot to get the money from the life insurance, and Tommy had set Charlie up to take the fall, making it all look like a robbery. Then they had alleged that Tommy had shot himself to make it look like he was a victim too. This theory all came together very quickly, because just five days later, Tommy was arrested while he was still in the hospital recovering from his injury and he was charged with murdering his wife, his mother-in-law, his father-in-law, and a longtime customer and friend. Of course, Tommy denied his involvement. He said that he absolutely loved his wife, they had a healthy, happy marriage, and he would never do anything to hurt her. I did not kill Eunice, I did not kill Mr. and Ms. Edwards, and I did not kill Charlie Mays. I have not killed anybody. I loved her. She was, she was my life. That was just all there was to it. Now, before we even get to any of the evidence, it needs to be noted that this is a really complicated crime scene. There are four bodies and five potential victims, including Tommy, if you believe his story. There's a lot of work that needs to be done when there are that many victims, including looking into all of their history and backgrounds, and then collecting evidence off of all of the bodies. The crime scene is a large furniture store that needs to be processed, and unfortunately, it's contaminated immediately by police officers who are walking inside looking around for Charlie Mays. 
even with all of those other factors at play, the prosecution believed that they had enough reason to charge Tommy Ziegler with four murders in a matter of just five days. I think it's important to note that here. The furniture store had blood all over the place, all over the floors, the walls, and all over the display furniture. There were five handguns found scattered amongst the bodies. Four of the guns had been wiped clean of any fingerprints. Two of the guns were inexpensive RG guns that Tommy claimed were too cheap for him to ever want to buy. The other three guns belonged to Tommy, and he didn't deny that. Some of the items collected as evidence from the furniture store included a pair of glasses and a set of keys that were found near Charlie May's body but belonged to Tommy. A tooth, receipts from Charlie's pocket that totaled around $415 as well as $405 in cash, a footstool with legs that were covered in blood, a gun holster, two 38 caliber cartridges that also had blood on them, and what looked like a piece of a rubber glove. There weren't any fingerprints collected at the scene, but there were several bloody footprints that were found throughout the store. The four bodies were sent to the medical examiner's office to be autopsied. Tommy's mother-in-law, Virginia Edwards, had been shot twice, once in the arm and once in the head. His father-in-law, Perry, had been beaten and shot twice in the head. Charlie Mays had been shot twice in the stomach, once from the front and once from the back. Additionally, his head and skull had been beaten with something hard, again, something probably metal. Tommy's wife, Eunice, had only been shot once in the head, and it would have been an instant death. All had been killed at around 8 p.m. that evening. As for Tommy, he would recover, but his body had sustained very severe internal injuries. The gunshot wound itself was three-eighths of an inch wide, and he was really lucky because the bullet had just passed within an inch of his liver. It had missed all of his vital organs. Still, the police believed that he was the one who pulled the trigger. He had done it to himself. Tommy's capital murder trial would be held in Jacksonville, Florida. The prosecution alleged that Tommy had killed his wife Eunice for the insurance money, and then he killed and framed Charlie Mays. His in-laws were just another casualty of his plan. While Tommy already had money, there was even more money at stake. With Eunice's death, he would inherit the equivalent of over $2.5 million. Yeah. This case would rely heavily on circumstantial evidence and witness testimonial. One of the biggest blows to Tommy's story was the statement given by Charlie's friend, Felton Thomas. Felton claimed that he had actually gone with Charlie that evening to the furniture store to help him with picking up that TV. Instead, when they got there, Tommy took them to a nearby grove where he showed them his new guns and he even let them fire them off into the distance. The prosecution alleged that Tommy did this for a very specific reason, so that their fingerprints would be on the guns and so that gun residue would be on their hands and their clothing. However, if you think about it, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you consider that the weapons were actually wiped clean of any prints. So why go through all of that trouble if you're just going to wipe down the guns? 
Then, according to Felton, they went back to the furniture store where they found it was locked and Tommy tried to talk the two men into breaking into his store. Instead, they drove back to Tommy's house to get the spare key, then back to the furniture store. This is where Felton said he left Tommy and Charlie. All of this was done to frame Charlie, according to the prosecution. But Tommy denied everything, and the defense team argued that with the timeline, it was pretty much impossible for all of those events to happen in a span of just 21 minutes. Edward Williams was another witness who came forward. He had worked at the furniture store for the last 10 years, and he had an interesting story to tell on the stand. According to Ed, Tommy had given him a handgun the night of the murders, and according to a ballistics expert, the shells matched the same gun that killed Perry and Virginia. But according to Tommy, that gun had been stolen from his truck about two weeks prior to the murders, and there were several people who had access to the truck, including Ed. Meaning, really, anyone could have taken it and used it in the murders. In addition to witness statements, a key piece of evidence was the DNA on the shirt that Tommy was found wearing that night. There was a blood stain discovered under the arm of the shirt. The prosecution alleged that this blood belonged to Tommy's father-in-law, Perry. Now, this was before sophisticated DNA testing, so it was only a suggestion and it was never actually confirmed at the time to be Perry's DNA. Tommy Ziegler would be found guilty of the murders by a jury of his peers. The jury, however, asked that he serve a life sentence instead of the death penalty. The judge who was presiding over the case, Maurice Paul, denied that request, instead sentencing Tommy to death by electric chair. This decision caused a bit of an uproar, especially with one of the jury members who was seen running out of the court in tears. Originally, Tommy was scheduled to be executed in the electric chair in October of 1982. However, his execution was stayed when the judge decided to allow time for his attorneys to fight for a new trial. Then, Tommy was scheduled to be executed in 1986, but again, the execution was stayed due to ineffective counsel. He narrowly avoided the electric chair twice. In 1988, his death sentence was overturned, only for him to be given the death penalty again. Tommy Ziegler still sits on death row today, but he has maintained that he is innocent and he's continued to fight in the courts to clear his name. In 2001, there was new DNA testing carried out on the bloodstains that was on his shirt and pants he was wearing the night of the murders. During the trial, it was alleged that they belonged to Tommy's father-in-law. However, it would come back as not a match. His legal team pushed for further DNA testing of all of the evidence, all of the evidence that currently sits in an evidence locker. However, he has been denied time and again. A friend sent me a copy of an article from the Orlando Sentinel newspaper. It was on Lawson Lamar, the then state attorney, using DNA to convict the first man in the United States of America with DNA. I read that article, made myself a cup of coffee, and I read that article again. I read that article the third time, and I said, okay, if 
They can convict this man using DNA. They can clear me using DNA. And I sit down. And I wrote Terry Hadley and Brian Davis a letter. I told them what I wanted, but I wanted DNA. And I wanted to become a damn expert on DNA. I wanted everything that had ever been published on DNA sent to me immediately. Now, there are big updates in this case as of December 2022. A judge has ordered for there to be new DNA testing in Tommy's case. Re-examining all of the evidence using modern DNA testing could turn this case on its head and exonerate Tommy. That is, if you believe he is telling the truth. Attorney General Ashley Moody certainly does not, and as of December 22nd, she has asked the Florida Supreme Court to stop the evidence from being sent to California for further testing. Now, I try not to insert my opinion into these cases, but I really believe that this is a case that deserves a second look. This man has been sitting on death row for the last four decades, convicted of murder in a case where there was zero DNA evidence to connect him. And this was a time when the science just wasn't there to exonerate him. And now that it is, I believe he deserves a chance to actually prove his innocence and to try to save his own life. But again, that's just my opinion. This latest update is quite literally breaking news. Updates are happening every single day. We're still waiting to hear whether or not evidence will be sent for more testing, but I really hope it does. It's literally a life and death situation, the exact kind of situation where we need to be sure we've got the right guy. If it does get sent to California, it'll then take between three and six months to get the results back. But either way, I'll keep you guys up to date as I hear about it. And as always, this is where I pass the question over to you. Do you believe that Tommy Ziegler killed his wife and in-laws and then killed and framed his longtime customer, all to get an insurance payout? Or do you believe Tommy's story that this was a robbery and that he was attacked by a group of men, including Charlie Mays? Or maybe you're like me, you have no idea who is responsible for this brutal Christmas Eve murder, but you think that we should take a closer look at the evidence before executing a man. Either way, let me know your thoughts. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, and that's all one word. If you're looking for ad-free bonus content, make sure you check out my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Serial Napper, and I post all of my episodes early and ad-free there, as well as bonus content and a lot of other goodies. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, especially in the comments. <laughs>